The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Good morning. Uh, uh, This is Lee Hubert sitting in for uh, Jeff Smith, and uh, you're listening to Illuminating Leadership. Uh, This is the VoltCast uh, from Voltage Leadership. Um, We'd like to give a shout out to those folks who are listening to uh, to our uh, VoltCast from around the globe. Uh, We get people calling us from virtually every uh, corner of the world. We've got people listening in Pakistan and India and China and UAE and Saudi and pretty much every state in the United States. Um, Jeff Smith, our CEO, is traveling today. He's on an assignment up in New York City. Uh, And if he can make it there, he can make it anywhere, right? Um, So we want to give a shout out to Jeff Smith. He's doing uh, great work up there. Um, Just so thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Again, this is Lee Hubert, the principal consultant at Voltage Leadership, sitting in for Jeff Smith, who's on assignment in New York City. Um, Really want to thank you for being here with us. And uh, I'll be hosting today uh, today's Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. You can reach us during the show today at 866-472-5788. That is 866-472-5788. You can also email me at lee at voltageleadership.com or jeff at voltageleadership.com. Our website is www.voltageleadership.com. And you can like us on Facebook at Voltage Leadership, or you can connect with us on LinkedIn at Lee uh, Hubert Voltage Leadership Consulting or Jeff Smith Voltage Leadership Consulting. And you can follow Jeff Smith on Twitter at JMU Jeff, and you all know that stands for James Madison University, the national champions. So today we have a really interesting topic. We have a great guest. Um, We're going to be talking about Uh, leadership lessons from our 16th president, and that would be Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Very pleased to have with me uh, a longtime friend and and Lincoln scholar, uh, my friend Steve Rogstad. Go ahead and say hello, Steve. Hi, Lee. How are you today? Doing excellent. How about yourself? How are things uh, in uh, Milwaukee and Chicago area today? It's a beautiful day, and I just can't tell you how uh, excited I am to be here with you. Excellent. Well, here in Southern Virginia, we had a little bit of rain. Actually, we're kind of done with the rain. We want it to go away. It's about to turn into summertime here. So we're really happy to have uh, Steve Rogstad with us today. A little bit about Steve. Uh, He's an author, a fabulous speaker, Lincoln instructor, uh, leadership instructor, lifelong student of Abraham Lincoln. He's taught college courses at the university level at uh, University of Wisconsin Parkside, at Carroll College, now Carroll University in Waukesha, uh, Wisconsin. Steve has served as the editor of a couple different uh, uh, or, uh, 
uh, journals for Lincoln Fellowship uh, the, as the editor of Lincoln Fellowship in uh, Wisconsin and the Lincoln Herald Journal of Lincoln Memorial University in Tennessee. Um, Steve's also an author. He's authored numerous reviews and articles related to Abraham Lincoln. People who are really Lincoln scholars seek him out to write the forewords to their books, such as uh, the Gettysburg Soldier Cemetery um, by Frank Clement and others. Um, he is also uh, the co-editor of the, Mary, uh, the Many Faces of Lincoln and edited uh, Lincoln's Critics. In addition to that, he is an author himself uh, of the companion, uh, Companionship in Granite, celebrating uh, the Abraham Lincoln and Mary Todd Lincoln movement. And I'm happy to say that uh, he was appointed back to the, by uh, the then governor of Wisconsin, James Doyle in uh, 2008 to the Wisconsin Lincoln Bicentennial Commission. So we've got a real hitter here when it, when it comes to Lincoln, and I'm very glad to be able to call him my friend of over 20 years. Um, so would you give a big, illuminating uh, leadership welcome to Mr. Stephen Rogstad? Woohoo! Thank you. Thank you. Um, today we're going to be talking about, uh, the, today's show is going to unfold in about three segments. We're going to be talking about the, the challenges that Lincoln faced, the world that he lived in, uh, and then we're going to talk about what we usually would do it in illuminating leadership, some of the practical tips and takeaways uh, that you can glean from following Lincoln. Um, and then later on in the show, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, how we how you can apply some of these tips and tools. What are the key takeaways uh, from our show today? So the first thing we wanted to talk about, Steve, is to get your thoughts about you know the world that Lincoln lived in. Uh, what were the things that were going on with him that uh, uh, people should know about and, and set up uh, our lessons learned? Well, I think primarily Lincoln's life is one of being a master politician, and the issues that he dealt with in his day aren't much different than the ones we deal in our day, except he was dealing with slavery and how that would affect the government and how it would affect the public. And so he had not only to influence people in groups and teams, but he also had to work with opponents and he had to work with public opinion, which were mm -hmm. great constraints at his time. So interesting, you know, when you think about that time frame, the nation was divided geographically. It was divided morally and racially. Very intense time. Um, it's very similar the, to the age we're living in right now. It's just a, it's the same animal, just has a little bit of a different height on it. But the constraints that he faced, the problems he faced, all very similar to the age we live in today. Interesting. Well, you know, sometimes we think we have it so rough, and, you know, Lincoln was probably one of the most revered and even unrevered figures by his contemporaries. Um, he was elected by what was then the lowest plurality in American uh, history, American elections to date. Um, country was pretty much disintegrating. Uh, the military leaders and the cabinet members questioned his leadership, and you know, there were numerous threats on his life, and ultimately, you know, somebody did take his life. So, you know, what context, uh, you know, tell me about the world, Lincoln, when he would hit the door at his office, what was it like for him? Well, it was a day of unrelenting stress, probably no different than any other American president. Uh, unfortunately for him, he had the practice of opening up the White House to the general public for several hours a few days a week. And so he actually 
was able to meet the public head-on. He called that his public opinion baths, where he would gauge what people were thinking. It was very useful to him to understand exactly what the public thought on issues. Um, but he, you know, at the end of the day, you realize that all the problems that he faced were people problems. Hmm. They, Interesting. They weren't people problems no, no, that just kind of existed on its own. They were people problems, all of them. When you say people problems, what do you mean? Well, you really can't have a problem without a person being the originator of it. And so if you're looking at a budget, somebody created the budget. If you're looking at a problem with public opinion, somebody spoke out of turn. If you're looking for trying to get a team together and it's not working, well, that's because you've got a team of human beings who aren't getting along. All mm-hmm. of these problems are people problems at their origin. And so every problem he faced was a people problem. But the mm-hmm. context was different for most of them. Interesting. So some of the challenges, the managerial things that Lincoln faced were things like uh, difficult subordinates navigating uh, you know the, the the current landscape politically challenges professionally and personally. Um, so, in other words, life was happening to him and happening to him in abundance. Um, you know, one of the things that always struck me about Lincoln is that he had very little executive experience. He had very little military experience, and the people around him really did not have a lot of confidence him in him. His his advisors and his cabinet they all thought he was very green. And um, how old was Lincoln again when he? How old was Lincoln when he ascended up into the presidency? He was 52 years old, and he served until he turned 56 and died shortly thereafter. Okay, understand. Well, we're in a couple of minutes, we're going to be coming up on a break, but I wanted to tee this up. So, you know, we think we have it so bad. Um, you know, Lincoln was one of those people that has an amazing talent for coaching and public speaking. He kept people in his organize, uh, organization engaged. Uh, even when he was delivering really challenging news and often the most challenging times. So the methods that he uh, provided uh, to use to provide feedback to wayward subordinates or uh, anybody else for that matter would be the envy of any leader anywhere. And we'll do well to learn from those experiences. So as we get ready to enter the next segment with Steve Rogstad, we're going to drill down on some of the practical tips and tools that you all can use from our 16th president. Steve, as we get ready to segue out of this going to break, uh, what are the thoughts, uh, things you want to tee up first on the other side of break? Well, I, want, I think it's important for us to realize how Lincoln viewed other people. And in that regard, he, he always practiced the philosophy that you need to view people, especially your, your opponents, as equals. Hmm. And along with that came all sorts of strategies for how to do that, which I think is vital to understanding how Lincoln became such a successful master politician. And I mean that in the truest, genuine way. Interesting. So treat them as equals, almost like a line from The Godfather, keep your friends close and your enemies closer, right? And he was the godfather of the cabinet, let me tell you. <laughs> I love it. Well, we're coming up on a break. I just wanted to make a point. Um, you know, if your organization or team is really looking for sound or practical leadership tools that can be applied immediately, you'll want to hang on uh, to, through the break uh, and listen to what uh, Steve Rogstad is going to be sharing with us today, because Lincoln's uh, uh, 
uh, points of leadership are, are points of leadership for the ages. And uh, I've got some questions for you, Steve. So as we get ready to, to go to break, um, I want you to be thinking about the things that uh, put your, your managerial head on. Here you are in the contemporary world. You're leading a team. You're, you're leading an organization. What are the must-haves from Lincoln that we can uh, put in our listeners' toolbox and, and have them pl- apply immediately? Um, okay, so again, you're listening to Illuminating Le- uh, Leadership. This is Lee Hubert sitting in for Jeff Smith. Um, our guest today is Stephen K. Rogstad of Racine, Wisconsin, really well-known and August Lincoln scholar. And I'm, again, I'm proud to, to call him my friend. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Lincoln thinking and his approach uh, to way to the ways he to the ways he managed people in the business of the nation and often the most turbulent times. So getting ready to, uh, to come up on about another minute or so, Steve, we're going to go to break. Um, I want to put the outline together. You talked about people. I'm going to add a couple of other things. We're going to talk about character, and we're going to talk about the ability to communicate because I think those things in the world of Lincoln are related. He was a well, master. They absolutely are, and you know, we contemporary society has always viewed Ronald Reagan as the master communicator. Mm-hmm. But I think if you went back and looked at Lincoln's era, he would have been known as the master communicator. Most of his communications were made for being written and spoken. But he was a master at it, and he was beloved because of his communications and the way he communicated, which is equally important. Okay, great. Well, I'll tell you what, we're coming up on break. We'll see you all in two minutes. Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, We've got lots to share with you on the other side. See you in two. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. 
To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Hello and welcome back. This is Lee Hubert, the Principal Consultant at Voltage Leadership, sitting in for Jeff Smith today. Jeff is on assignment up in New York City. And once again, Jeff, if you're listening, we'll give you a shout out up there. If you can make it there, you're going to make it anywhere, right? Um, we're very pleased today to have with us uh, my guest and friend, Steve K. Rogstad from Racine, Wisconsin, who is a Lincoln Scholar. And we're talking about lessons in leadership from Lincoln. And there's some really excellent ones here. Uh, so once again, if you want to join us during the show, you can call in at 866 866- Four seven two five seven eight eight, or if you want to, you can email me live during the show at lee at voltageleadership.com. Um, Steve, before the break, we were talking about the world that Lincoln lived in. Now we're going to transition a little bit to some practical uh, tips and tools that we can apply uh, immediately. The list of Lincoln leadership traits, what go, what's the first thing that's on the top of your list? Well, as I said just before the break, you know, listen to opponents as equals. And when I mean when I mean when I say that, what I mean is, Lincoln never would say act out of spite, never act out of malice, never act out of vengeance, never mm-hmm. demonize people, much less your opponents. You know, view them as intellectual and emotional equals. Um, look beyond their social and political affiliations. And you know, it's very hard for us to do, but we can do it. And we need to do it if we're going to be able to communicate and lead effectively very diverse teams. Interesting. So what I hear us saying is the first point uh, that we want to talk about in terms of a tip or a tool is the capacity to listen to different points of view. You don't have to necessarily agree with it, but you do have to understand it. Is that what I hear you saying? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at Lincoln during the war, he never demonized the South. He never demonized the Southern leaders. He, he even going early as far back as 1858 when discussing slavery, he would say, those people are no different than us Northerners are. If we were in their position, we would be probably thinking and acting the same way. And this ability to empathize with people was huge because after he died, the South thought they lost their best friend. Interesting. Well, you know, one of the things that I always admired about Lincoln in the times I've used this subject matter myself, I mean, I've given the Lincoln uh, lessons myself in a different format uh, in healthcare and healthcare clients and different uh, organizations that we consult with. And one of the things that just amazed me was Lincoln's ability to take somebody to the woodshed and engage with the news that... uh, you know, it made them still kept them engaged. Anyhow, well, we have a little technical difficulty there. We're waiting on Steve uh, Rogstad to come back with us. Like I said, we're talking about practical tips and tools that Abraham Lincoln used as points of leadership. Another one was Lincoln's ability to learn on the job. Um, remember, he came to the presidency at a relatively early age. He was only 52 years old, um, relatively young as today's standards. And uh, he had the ability to navigate, so he had to study resources and he had to study people, and he had to know when to delegate. When you think Absolutely. about 
yeah, when you think about what was taking place uh, during the Civil War, you know, he really could not find a lot of people that he had a lot of confidence in to get his things done. And there was one of his favorite sayings is, you know, you read about Lincoln, you run into a tree stump. He said, don't kill yourself trying to unroot the stump, just plow around it. Um, so, Steve, what are the other tips and tools that you think that are on your, your Lincoln list that are the must-haves for leaders? Well, the other one would be control your emotions. Lincoln was noted for his ability to reason through a situation objectively without getting emotional about it. So when he's trying to craft an argument to sell a point or to sell an idea, he has to logically bring people through the process of thinking logically. To get mad or to infuse any sort of emotion in it, Lincoln says it's counterproductive. You need to be logical. And so his arguments are always logical arguments. And, and he also, you know, Lincoln did have a temper when he was a young man. We don't normally associate Lincoln having a temper, mm. but he could be so sarcastic in his political verbiage that grown men were brought to tears if they were at the receiving end of his, his verbiage. And he learned over a course of time that he really had to squelch that temper and bring that under control. Are you telling me that Lincoln was snarky? I just can't picture that. I can picture Lincoln, the vampire fighter, you know, uh, the vampire killer, but, you know, Abraham with, with an attitude or being angry. Oh, absolutely. I just, I just and, you know, we also have to remember that when he lived, it was the age of party politics. So whether you happen to perhaps even agree with a position that opponent had, the party would say, you need to come out and go after him. And Lincoln was a party man. He did go after people. And he was so skilled at it that, like I say, you know, when he went after somebody, it, it stung. And uh, he learned, though, after a great deal of time that this is a part of his character, a part of his leadership that just mm. simply was not going to be beneficial. And he was very able to suppress that. Interesting. So one of the things that I remember about Lincoln is that he always did circulate amongst the troops, literally. It was management by walking around. It was difficult to miss him because he was so tall. And then we'd put that stove uh uh, pipe hat on top of his head. He probably looked, you know, seven feet tall. Um, so when you think about it, uh, he was out, you know, circulating amongst his generals, but certainly amongst the troops. He was in the field, and a lot of that's a lesson that a lot of management could learn right now because some of the things we hear, Jeff will hear it, I'll hear it, Jennifer will hear it. That voltage leadership is there's a disconnect with the front line. What are your thoughts about that? About managing by uh, walking around. Well, Lincoln certainly believed he was not going to be able to have a proper and comprehensive gauge of public opinion or what his organization was thinking, be it the Army, if he was always going to be on the second floor of the White House. And mm -hmm. so he would go out and visit not only the troops, but he also mm -hmm. wanted to have face-to-face -face with the generals to find out what they were thinking. And it worked. You know, I referred earlier to what he referred to as his public opinion baths when he would sit with the general public. You know, you have it on both sides. The public's coming in to see the president, and now the president is going out to see the people. And both of them were very beneficial for him in terms of trying to understand just where people were emotionally on all these social and economic issues of his day. 
Interesting. Well, you mentioned the ability to control emotions just a short time ago. Um, I can think of a, a famous instance where, you know, the Civil War was intense. You know, they had Gettysburg. He wrote a letter to General Meade um, about his uh, lack of action or, you know, what Lincoln wanted him to do. And he didn't end up doing it, and it could have shortened the Civil War and said, it probably saved a bunch of lives. So Lincoln was masterful at dealing with situations like that. We have a subordinate person who either isn't performing. What are your thoughts about how he, how he dealt with Meade and what did he say to him? Well, Meade had the opportunity, no question, to probably end the war in July of 1863. And when we mm-hmm. think of that in terms of a timeline, we're looking at at least a year and a half before it actually ended. Mm-hmm. He simply had to go after Lee and, you know, basically conquer Lee's army. He failed to do that. He let Lee escape, and Lincoln realized the error. He wrote him a very long letter in which he basically told Meade, your golden opportunity is lost, and I am mm-hmm. distressed immeasurably. 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 He didn't fire Meade. Moreover, he never sent the letter. It was found in his effects after his death. But it goes to show, well, it goes to show, I think, that one, um, he had to somehow find a vent for his emotions, and for Lincoln it would have been writing. And Mm. he did that. Now, once he was able to get that emotion out of his system, then he had to balance the benefits against the the detriments of sending that letter. What would it do to Meade? What would Mm. it do for the morale of the army who's under Meade's command? You know, there's all these factors that go into it. Lincoln decided to pocket the letter and never send it. Interesting. So let me relate that to the workplace. Remember, we're talking about practical tips and takeaways, tools you can apply immediately from the 16th president of the United States. So if I'm managing somebody who, for whatever reason, isn't performing, and I realize that I can have a temper, a la Abraham Lincoln, and I need to give this feedback, and I'm distressed immeasurably. Now, in today's parlance, we might use different words, okay? So this is pretty strong language from a commander-in-chief to a subordinate person, somebody on the team who's not getting it done. And he is uh, distressed uh, immeasurably by it. So there's a lesson there. Um, one of the things I always uh, heard about Lincoln, and we're going to talk a little bit more as we're coming up on another break. Uh, we'll get into the, the last segment where we'll wrap some of this in terms of the the key takeaways, uh, lessons uh, from, from uh, Lincoln on leadership. But he always had the ability to realize that other people can do some things better than he does. So he was aware of his own weaknesses. What are your thoughts on that? Well, he certainly did know that he was not the best gifted when it came to, for example, army discipline. He certainly would not have been the favorite of anybody uh, in terms of uh, taking control of military, uh, being a military commander or issuing military orders. He did it with disastrous results. He knew that was not his strong point. Mm -hmm. With Lincoln, it was, I can't find someone to do it the way I want it done, so I'm going to do it myself which, of course, did not work. And so Lincoln had to cultivate patience to find the right person with the right skill set that could come in and do the job on his timeline. Interesting. What you just said, patience, find the right person with the right skill set to do the right job on 
his timeline. So there are a lot of times in the world of uh, practical reality and leadership, people don't do that. They have the wrong person in the wrong job for the wrong reasons, and they're not on anybody's timeline. That's why things aren't getting done. So for you all listening, you want to be jotting some of these things down. These are practical tips and takeaways from our 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. So uh, interesting. Um, What about Lincoln's ability to communicate his vision? Well, I would say Lincoln's strongest attribute during the four years of war was he had a particular definition of what that war was in his mind. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he communicated that vision and that goal, which is, of course, winning the war, to the northern people for four straight years. He had to stay with that vision and that goal and not waver from it and not compromise it. He had to stick with it for four years. Otherwise, the message of the vision would be superficial and rather meaningless. So, you know, to stick with a message, whether it's popular or not, for four straight years can be a very difficult thing to do, but he did it. He stuck with it. Speaking of that, we're going to stick with that same message after we're coming up on the break. Uh, this is Illuminating Leadership. We're going to catch you up with another two minutes with Stephen K. Rogstad. So see you in two. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Aliens with Gas, we are the extraterrestrial rock show airing every Saturday afternoon on the voiceamerica.com variety channel. <laughs> Whatever happens out and about, it kind of dictates our conversation. For sure. And we like to tie in a little bit of the past and obviously keep it real current. And real current was a couple nights ago right here in Phoenix, a phenomenon happened. On Thursday night. Phenomenon. <laughs> phenomenon. Phenomenon. All right, never mind. <laughs> That's every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. 
To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Hello and welcome back. This is Lee Hubert sitting in for Jeff Smith. Uh, I'm the principal consultant at Voltage Leadership Consulting in uh, Roanoke, Virginia. We're very pleased to have with us uh, as our guest today, uh, Lincoln Scholar Steve Rogstad. And we've been talking about some really practical uh, tips and pointers and takeaways from our 16th president of the United States, uh, Abraham Lincoln. We've talked about things like the capacity to listen to different points of view, learning on the job. Um, the ability to control emotions, realizing uh, other people can sometimes do things better than than we can, uh, how to communicate a vision, even if it's unpopular, and stick with it. In our last segment, Steve, let's talk about some of the, the key takeaways, the must-haves. Um, one of the things that I've always admired about Lincoln is that he was willing to accept the blame for failure and willing to share the credit for success. What are your thoughts about that? Well, absolutely. You, you know, Lincoln never really thought of himself as intellectually superior to anybody or that his position was superior to anybody. He was simply an elected head at that moment in time. Uh, and, and when things went bad, he was the first to accept the blame, especially with the casualty losses in some of the battles. Uh, at the same token, um, you know, he, even when they tried to give him credit, he would make the comment, for example, you know, these people came to see the brass buttons of, you know, Grant. They didn't come to see an office holder's broadcloth, meaning his own clothes. You know, he was very, very quick to try to deflect any sort of of uh, credit onto himself, always giving it to the other people, saying they were the ones that really got the job done, not me. Interesting. So when you think about lessons uh, from Lincoln on leadership, you're accomplishing your mission and your goals through people. And one of the ways to capture their, their discretionary effort, their heart and their mind, is to be willing to share the, sh- the credit for success. In other words, recognize people. When that doesn't happen and people, if you've been on the receiving end of that, you know who you all are out there in radio land. If you've been on the receiving end of uh, your sh- pro rata share of the blame for failure, I mean, it may be a fact that something didn't go well, but that's not that's not leadership. That's just passing the buck, right? Um, well, other things, would think so. Yes, other things are that, that are the the key takeaways from Lincoln in your mind, Steve. Well, I think it's important that we understand that you know Lincoln stood for you always want to persuade people rather than coerce people. Now, you may think that's the same thing, but it really isn't. Persuasion is bringing somebody around to your side of viewing something through logic and maybe some rhetorical use of words. You're really trying to communicate and persuade in a very genuine sort of way. Mm -hmm. Coercion is you're simply trying to get somebody to do something you want them to do, whether it makes a great deal of sense or not. In Lincoln's case, it was he wanted to be genuine and he wanted to persuade. He wanted people to feel that when they adopted his argument, it it was a good argument or it was a good idea and it was a sound idea. There's nothing hmm. false about it. Interesting. So what he was doing was being intellectually honest, and there's a leadership lesson in, in that regard. One of the things I've always admired about Lincoln was his ability to be decisive. Um, well, he absolutely. Didn't, 
he didn't he didn't sugarcoat anything. He made some tough decisions. In your mind, what are the the toughest decisions that rose to the top that he was decisive about? Well, first he had to figure out what to do with the you know Fort Sumter at the beginning of the war because the South was threatening that if he did anything with it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going to uh, view him as having started the Civil War. So there was the quandary of what to do at Fort Sumter, and he made a decision to supply it, not fortify it. Um, the Emancipation Proclamation was very, very uh, controversial when it came out. Most mm-hmm. of his cabinet was not for it, as were mm-hmm. most of the North. Uh, yet Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation justifying it as a war measure so that he wouldn't lose support of the people who were willing to win the war, not mm-hmm. necessarily to make it a fight for freedom rights for the blacks. And also his lobbying for the 13th Amendment, which is, of course, the amendment that abolished slavery forever in the United States. He was mm-hmm. a very strong behind-the-scenes proponent of getting that amendment passed, regardless of what it took and who he had to talk to, which, of course, was the subject of um, the Steven Spielberg film, Lincoln, starring Daniel Day-Lewis. So, you know, you look Mm. at those three pieces of, two pieces of legislation and one major decision, great deal of responsibility to Mm -hmm. make those decisions, and yet once made, stand by them. Interesting. So the lesson, uh, the, the leadership lesson that people, people can take away is what I hear us saying is talking about roles, responsibilities, and expectations. Um, if I need to find a person to do a job, um, I want them in the right role. I want to you know, delineate their uh, responsibilities and let them know absolutely there's an expectation to perform. And if that doesn't happen, I can manage them up or I can manage them out. Unfortunately for Lincoln, uh, he had an opportunity to do that with several of his military commanders. He really didn't have the, the people on his team to accomplish what he was going to do until well into his tenure. And even then, uh, it was it was a a, a thrill ride for him. Um, well, there think- was so much infighting with that cabinet at the beginning. He had brought in all of the people that actually politically were against him, including mm-hmm. people that he ran against for the presidency in 1860. So he surrounded himself what he thought were not only the best minds, the best politicians, the best people that could get the job done. The problem was he also made the table surrounded with egos and all the Mm. infighting that comes with that. And he had to navigate through that and Mm. try to pacify this tension on on a cabinet of his own making. And, you know, that's not an easy task. And he did reach a crisis in 1862, and he had to navigate through even a cabinet crisis, if you can imagine. So, you know, it's uh, it's something that, that Lincoln, again, was able to successfully do because he treated people as he thought, you know, they would, he would want to be treated, and he respected them, even though they caused trouble. He respected their intelligence, and he respected their work ethic. Amazing. When you think about the egos in politics then or now, I mean, that would just be uh, a daunting task for anybody. And one of the things that Lincoln always struck me is he had courage. And you know, the things that are alleged about people, that, you know, they're just, unjust, fair, unfair, true, untrue, whatever the case may be. He had the courage to handle some of that unjust criticism. So can you just imagine if we had the internet, if we had social media, the things that would be flying around right now about, you know, the tweets that would be flying around about Abraham Lincoln, and this guy wants to do what? What were your thoughts about uh, Lincoln's ability to handle that unjust criticism? 
Well, he, he did handle it. There was a lot of it. I mean, he, he received it from his own party. He received it from leaders of the South. He received it from the general public. Um, he even, it, you know, it, it became so nasty at one point that they would, you know, point out his lack of table manners or clothes that he was wearing or the way his hair looked at a particular function. I mean, it was, it was fairly brutal. And, mm. and Lincoln seems to have taken it with a great deal of grace. Um, we never see any evidence that he ever lashed out or even felt compelled to answer any of that criticism. But, mm. you know, Lee, as Lincoln would say, even after you've you know, created the right argument, even after you've done all the right things, you've treated people as equals, you've, mm-hmm. you know, you've, after all is said and done, Lincoln said, there's always a few fleas that dog can't reach. <laughs> a, say that again. There's always a few there's fleas that the dog can't. A dog can't reach. Well, interesting. Well, we've been having an excellent discussion with Steve Rogstad here today about lessons in uh, leadership from Lincoln. See, we're going to share just a couple more, and then we're going to get here to, to wrap today's show. I want to let people know how to get in touch with you at the end. So be thinking about that. Of course, the biggest thing that I'll say that's a takeaway from Lincoln is we've talked about these being people-centered problems, right? I said that right from the get-go. He had outstanding character. I'm going to say the art of communication. He was a masterful public speaker, and he influenced people through those conversations and storytelling. Um, what are your thoughts about Lincoln, the, the master public speaker? And then we'll get, we'll get ready to wrap and summarize. Well, you know, you have to realize that most of the speeches we associate with Lincoln were ceremonial speeches. The first inaugural, the second inaugural, and the Gettysburg Address. Those were ceremonial speeches that Lincoln took weeks and weeks and weeks to labor on and construct. We certainly wouldn't want Lincoln today being followed with cellular phones and all sorts of things with the way Lincoln would talk to people off the cuff in conversations for the, for the similar, for the same reason that he was, he was not a very good extemporaneous speaker, but he would not be getting up today and tweeting and, and these things are just saying things off the cuff. Everything that he spoke, he had written, he had to construct his argument, construct his logic. He didn't want to be, uh, accused of misrepresenting an issue. He didn't want to be on both sides of an issue. He didn't want to look like he didn't understand an issue. So for Lincoln, it was all about having the integrity of being the communicator. You had to understand what you were talking about. And the only way you could do that is to formulate your arguments in advance so you understood them and you could speak them. Interesting. Steve, we're getting ready to wrap up. I just want to give people real quick, how do they reach you if they want to get in touch with you? Well, I'd love to hear from your audience. You can reach me on my uh, telephone at 262-412-2511. And my email address is simply my name, Stephen Rogstead at yahoo.com. Excellent. Well, it's the, you've been listening to Illuminating Leadership. Uh, this is Lee Hubert sitting in for Jeff Smith. It's been a great conversation. Thank you for being with us again. And we look forward to, to having you join us again on the next Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Take care, Thank guys. Thank you, Lee. I really had a great time. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.